0: Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. have your bibles i'm going to invite you to open them up to the book of third john third john that's one of the last ones so if if you're if you're like me and, and you need one of the hard versions you know start in the right and go left you'll get there faster but if you got your phone you can click right on it third john that's in the new testament third john there's only one chapter and we're only going to look at one verse today third john verse 2 Third John, verse 2, as we look, as we're kind of starting to bring this Summer Soul Series into a landing here, but how many understand God is never done working? Amen? Come on, God is never done working. 3 John chapter 2, uh, I, I want to read this verse with you this morning. 3 John chapter 2 simply says this, and I'm going to read this to you in actually several different translations, because I want you to kind of get the full effect of everything that, that God is saying. A lot of times, that I know I mentioned this a few weeks ago, that God's word is infallible. All right, God's word is infallible, but translations are not. Why? Because the more man tries to manipulate God's word, the further away we get from God. Hello? And so there's plenty of times where we need to kind of step back and get the full picture of what God is doing. And one of the ways we can do that is look at several different translations. I know many of us, I mean, I went to Bible college and spent all kinds of money and, to do that and learn how to kind of read through Greek and Hebrew and all that. Not everybody has had that opportunity and, and to do that. So a lot of times what you're able to do is look at a lot of different translations and get the full kind of picture of what God is saying to us. And so I, I really want you to hear the heart of God this morning. Third John, uh, just chat... Uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 2, simply says this. This is uh, first from the New Living Translation, a translation I read from a lot. Pastor Jason reads from a lot as we preach here on Sunday morning. It says, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. That's good. Come on, somebody I'll somebody say amen right there, right? That's New Living Translation. All right, now let's go to the, the new, new International Version. The NIV says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. That's pretty good. Come on, look at the English Standard Version. It says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Come on, how many say it is well with my soul this morning? Come on. The New American Standard Version, which is a, is a version I like, to, I, I like to do a lot of my Bible study in because this particular version is, is very literal. It takes, it takes each word in a very literal meaning. As some other translations, as the New Living Translation, kind of takes a, a, a portion of, of Greek in the New Testament or Hebrew, Aramaic in the Old Testament and kind of takes it phrase by phrase, which is good because sometimes you can lose the meaning of words when you're just looking at a tree, right? You lose the forest for the tree, right? You know what I'm saying? But but, uh, so the New Living Translation kind of gives a broader perspective, but the New American Standard Version gives a really pinpointed moment in each word. And it says this, beloved, I pray in all respects, you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers come on somebody now we start getting into these words prosper right and then a lot of people get really nervous because they're going to be all know they're going to talk about the prosperity gospel like God wants to give you a new car and a new house and a new job and all this and that jewelry and all the good things and maybe God does want to do that for you and that's awesome I don't know Maybe he wants to bless you in that way to show how good he is in you to your family or to your community. I don't know. Maybe that's what God wants to do. And if that's what he wants to do, we ought to cheer him on. Why do we so quickly? When people succeed, we just are like, "Mm, what'd they do to get that? Mm -hmm. Don't act like you don't do it. I know. That's right. Right? Right? New King James Version says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Real close to the New American Standard. And then I I like reading from the Amplified Bible from time to time because it kind of just kind of pulls things out and kind of gets us to really in in what what God's intentions are here. The Amplified Bible says it this way, and this is where we'll finish with it. It says, Beloved, I pray that in every way, notice not just in some things. Not just when you come to church, not just on a Sunday morning, but in every day of your life, in every moment, in every area, in your in spiritually, financially, physically, emotionally, mentally, in every way, in every area, in your hobbies, in your workplace, in your ministry. Listen, everywhere you go, when you go to Target, when you go to Walmart, when you go to Marshall's, when you go to Home Home Depot, when you go to Lowe's, wherever it is you're going, when you go to the gas station, where at, when you go to the doctor's office, everywhere you go, in all ways, in all moments, in all things, that you may succeed success is a good thing come on somebody god's intentions for you are for you to succeed now our definition of success is going to change a little bit from time to time and we need to we're going to talk about that in just a moment but beloved i pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health physically God wants you to prosper physically. I don't know if you know that or not, but God wants you to prosper physically. It is not God's te- intention and will for your life for you to constantly be in sickness and disease and heartache. Listen, it is God's plan for you to be made every whit whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He says, I want you to be in good health physically, just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. Boy, what a good God we serve. He is the total package and he wants to minister to you in every way and every moment in every area of your life. Aren't you thankful for a God that wants to be involved with you every step of the way? You are not alone. You don't have to do this on your own strength. What a good God we serve. Come on, let's pray this morning. Father, one more time, would you release the power of your written word into our lives? Lord, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, may the perfect love of God chase out every fear out of this room right now in the name of Jesus Christ, and may faith arise in your soul in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you. Thank you, God. Lord, thank that you want us to prosper in all ways, in all moments, in all seasons, physically, spiritually, mentally, Lord, even financially. Lord, you want us to prosper and be in good health even as our soul prospers. God, in the name of Jesus, may the curse of poverty be broken over every family in this community, this county. In the name of Jesus Christ, may the prosperity of the good news of Jesus Christ now flow in and through every area of our life. In Jesus' name. Come on. And everybody said... Amen, amen. Now, what an awesome God we serve. You know what the crazy thing is about this? A lot of times we read these things, we read this scripture, you know, we, we read God's word. We even, I, I mean, we even sang, you know, we, we sing these songs, I believe you're the wonder working God. And we go through all these things and we get excited about singing them. But then when something actually happens in our life, it's an awful easy to believe for somebody else than it is to believe for ourselves, isn't it? Oh, God can heal you. God can do a miracle for you. God will give you a new job, but then it happens to you. Huh? Now it gets real. It gets real in a hurry. Right, I mean, crazy things happen in this world. and There is a weak, anemic faith out there that says that you will never have to encounter sickness. You'll never have to encounter any kind of problem or heartache of this world. There's Christians and preachers that'll tell you uh, that, that, that that never has to happen to you, that as long as you declare God's word over your life, then nothing bad will ever come your way. How childish and immature faith that is. They must not live in the same world we do. And they must not read the same Bible I read because my Bible says, Jesus said, in this world you would have trouble, but be of good cheer. He has overcome the world. That even if the whole world is coming against us, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the whole world. So who is on the inside of me is much greater than what is on the outside of me. And regardless of what this world says, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly far more than I could ever ask, imagine, or think. And so it's no big deal for me today to believe, and I know many of you are with me in this moment, or else you wouldn't come to church on a regular basis. You wouldn't give. You wouldn't worship. You wouldn't serve. How many believe today that when you confessed with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and you believed in your heart that he is God, at that very moment, the old is gone. The new has come. You have become a brand new creation, and when this life is over for you to be absent in the body, will to be present with the Lord, and one day you're going to stand before God, and he's going to tell you, well done, thou good faithful servant and you're going to live in heaven for eternity how many believe that four of you come on somebody this is interactive this morning how many believe it this morning come on how many believe this if you don't believe it you might as well go home now because it's not doing you any good we're just coming to punch a time card and, and say you know i feel good about life and i went to church and somehow that's going to make me a good person can i tell you the road to hell is going to be paved with good intentions and good people being a good person isn't going to get you to heaven But trusting and following the Lord will. And so this morning, we know what God's word says. And let's be honest. If we were to really do everything God's word says, and we were to really do everything we already know what God's word says, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in. We wouldn't have the issues we have. Well, Our community wouldn't have the pain. This world wouldn't have what's going on if the church would just do what well, we already know, what God's word says. <laughs> we wouldn't have to deal with what we're dealing with. But we have allowed the lie of the enemy. Mm. Leonard Ravenhill said it this way, theaters are full and churches are empty because the world tells a lie better than the church tells the truth. <laughs> And we listen to the faint, distant cries of an anemic, changing, shifting world that just goes by the situational ethics and what feels good in the moment. I got news for you today. I know we are living in a world that is full of pain and anguish and strife because we live in a fallen world because we have fallen. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I am not God. I need him. And when I call out to the Lord, I am no longer a resident of this this earth, but my home has been made with hands that are not of this world, so what happens in this world cannot shake me from the firm foundation of where I am found in the Word of God. That God wants us to prosper and be in good health even as our soul prospers. Today, I'm here to tear down every false an idea that has been taught to you and has been ingrained in you from generation after generation to tell you that you're not good enough, that you don't have what it takes, that it's just going to be the way it is for you, that, and a lot of us are just hoping somehow that we could go back to normal. I serve a God that is not a normal God. In fact, he has called us to be a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that we are to rise up and be who God has called us to be in his word. That the what this world tells you you cannot do, my Bible says I can do all things because Jesus is going to give me the strength to do them. I am not less than, I am more than because I serve the God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. So, So this morning, what does it mean to have this success in life, that that God wants us to be successful and prosper even as our soul prospers, that he wants us to be in good health even as our soul prospers? What does this look like in our life? What is soul success, you know? Let's be honest about it. I I mean, the world will tell you to be successful, that that it it has everything to do with the number of zeros that are are on the left side of the decimal for you on your paycheck. Come on, somebody. I get a lot of zeros on the right side of my decimal, hello. The world will tell you that it's, it depends on how many likes you can get on social media, how many people you can get on your side on your argument, how many how many how many times people will tell you that oh you know aren't you beautiful and we post pictures of ourselves so, so and, and, and like this this backdoor way to get people to say oh you look good things are going well for you and and listen I got news for you today it's not up to what other people say about me it's not up to what this world says I am it's up to what Jesus says I am and listen this world may tell me I don't have what it takes people. Will come around me and they'll pat me on my back when things are going well but as soon as it starts going bad guess where they go I'm not fixed to the shifting sand of this world my feet are fitted on the firm foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ that he wants me to prosper and be in good health even as my soul prospers now let me maybe explain it to you this way Uh, last week I was I was traveling home on Thursday many of you know uh, that uh, you know my side hustle I'm an automobile auctioneer right I talk fast come on somebody (laughs) right and when I'm not running my mouth on a platform with a microphone talking about Jesus I'm running my mouth talking about a car come on somebody (laughs) right thank God God puts you places and things that you're good at doing right and that means I'm good at running my mouth that's a scary thing and so I was on the other side of Baltimore, Maryland last Thursday where I find myself quite often at, at what's called Beller Auto Auction, which is, you know, about just northeast of, uh, of uh, Baltimore, Maryland. And I needed to get home Thursday because Emily had won. How many know my girl? How awesome is my girl won Miss Rain Day, right? She's Miss Rain Day. If you don't know what Miss Rain Day is, most of the other people in the world don't either, so you're in a good company. Uh, you know, it's rained 116 Hundred and seventeen times out of the last hundred and forty eight years. Yeah. On in Waynesburg, Pennsylvania. On july 29th every year. That you nah, you can go home happy. You learned something, right? <laughs> right? Uh so, but, and then, you know, I, I, my family's, in fact, my boy, Josiah, he just turned how would you turn 14 yesterday, right? Turned 14 yesterday, right? I love my son. It was also Sidney Crosby's birthday, which is a good day. Come on, somebody, the king of hockey. So, but, uh, you know, I needed to get home last Thursday because it was rain day. And my daughter had won the thing, and so she had stuff to do, and I, need, I wanted to be there for my family, right? It's what we do. It's not just about what we earn a paycheck doing, but you got to be there for your family. If you're not there for your family, what are you doing? Somebody else say amen. Come on, families and so I, I, I needed to get home and so I'm driving back, it's 255 miles from, from the parking lot of Belor Auto Auction to the driveway of my house, it's 255 miles one way and so I'm driving back and uh, I drive this old, this 2011 uh, uh, Lexus RX 350, it's this old you know uh, uh, SUV, uh, I bought it last year with 81,000 miles on it, now it has 121,000 miles on it, uh, I, I average about 1,400 miles a week, come on somebody, that's right, and so I, I'm driving back, and I'm just getting on Interstate 70. I just get past, you know, where 81 and 70 cross uh, there near Hagerstown, and just get on the on the west side of Hagerstown, and there's this exit there called the Williamsport exit, where there's, it, it's easy off and on, and there's a pilot gas station where you can get in and out, and they got everything you want. There's a subway, eat fresh, that's in there, you know, everything is good to go, and so, you know, I'm, I'm getting in and out of there, you know, and I, I, as I'm coming down the exit to, to get off, my car's running fast fine, I mean, everything's good, I changed my own oil, come on, I'm a hillbilly, I know what I'm doing, I don't need somebody underneath my hood, I got it covered, come on, and so I changed my own, do my own thing, i just done that a few days ago, uh, I mean, I do it once a month, change oil once a month, hello, and, and so I, I, I'm going down through, and as I pull, as I'm pulling down, I'm going right down the, the ramp, all of a sudden, a light on my dash just goes, boop, boop, real fast, it went off and on so fast, I didn't even know what it was, that's how fast it came off and on, I'm like, ooh, that's weird, right, When stuff starts flashing on your dash, it shouldn't be flashing. Folks, that's a problem. I don't know if you know that or not. It's not good. Right? I'm still, I, I, I'm still a good 180 miles from home or whatever at that point. And so I'm a little nervous and I pull into the gas station and I take care of everything. And I, I come back out to my car and, and I was like, oh, i got to figure out what's going on. So I, I knew I'd just changed the oil in my car. So I thought, well, I, let me check what's going on. So I get underneath my car and I could see where oil had sprayed all the way back under underside carri- undercarriage of my car. Like all the way back through. I'm like, oh, I must not have tightened the, oil, the, the drain plug or maybe the filter housing isn't on. In just the right way. I'm like, God, you're gonna God, I need some help. God, send me some help. I'm I'm telling you, I pray that in less than 30 seconds. I'll, you can't make this stuff up with God. In less than 30 seconds, a mechanic truck pulls in right beside me. I mean right beside me. I promise. And I'm like, hey, brother, uh can I borrow some of your tools? I need to check to make sure. I kind of told him what was going on. I said you, you got a you know ratchet set, you know three h ratchet, set. I can get underneath there and I check a fourteen millimeter socket. I'll check the uh, I'll check the drain plug and then I need a three h extension so I can check it with the Lexus. It's Toyota parts, so it's just you know need to check the filter housing to see if it's tight and everything. I, I don't know what's going on. He's like, yeah, gives me all the tools and I get up underneath there. I'm laying in the parking lot. You know, I'm get up underneath there. I'm looking at everything. You know, I got grease all over my face now. You know, I, I look like a good old southwestern PA boy now, right? I was bib overhauls away from bailing hay. Come on, somebody. And I get up underneath there. I'm like, oh, everything. The the drain plug was fine. The filter housing was fine. I couldn't figure out where the oil was coming from. Pop the hood. I start looking around. How many of you are sick and tired of car manufacturers putting plastic all over top of your engine so you can't see what's going on underneath there? I need to know what's under there. I just want to see it. Let me see it. So I start looking around. I can't really see what's up, and I pull the dipstick out. Right, doesn't mean I got out of the car. I pulled the dipstick out, and I, I, I check it. There is, there's not a drop of oil left in my car. My car was running fine. That's the grace of God, number one, right, that I pulled in with no oil in my car. How long ago that had happened, I have no idea, no idea. I mean, I'd already driven over 100 miles or wherever. I get there, I'm like, God, what is going on? I put no oil in my car, so I go back in. I buy several quarts of oil. I come out, and I start pouring it in, right? One, two, three quarts in. Still no reading on my dipstick. That's how low. I put four, I put five quarts of oil in before I got a reading on my dipstick. That's crazy. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, i got to figure out what's going on here. So I jump in my car, I turn it on, and then I come back out, and it looked like somebody had turned a faucet on in front of the engine of my car as oil was just going all over the place. Oh, dear God. I needed to get home by 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. I needed to get home by 5 o'clock to see everything that was going on with Emily and the festivities and all that was happening in Waynesburg. God... I need help. I'm flipping out. I don't know what to do. Have you ever been in that moment when you just don't know what to do? You feel like you're all alone. You're in the middle of nowhere. You're far from home. You don't know what to do. Come on, somebody. Is this sounding familiar? Do I have to draw the analogy much further? I call my wife because I don't know. She's not a mechanic. She doesn't know what's going to happen. I don't know. But who do you call? I call my wife. You know, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what's up. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. You think I talk fast whenever I'm calm? right? And she's like, she, I don't know, you know, she starts thinking, she's asking me questions, it's like, I checked all that, honey, you're not a mechanic, I have no idea what you're talking about, you know, I'm like, I'm getting in a fight with my wife now, now I got marital issues, Come on, I mean, I got all kinds of crazy things happening, and finally she says, hey, our friend, which by the way, his name's Tim, which is a good name, <laughs> he, he's, he lives like 10 minutes from where you all call him, great idea, I never thought of that, yeah, hello. How many know? Sometimes you don't think of what you're supposed to think of because you're in the middle of the ah. So that's why you call your wife because she thinks. Come on, somebody. Hey, all the women, don't you start. Listen, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna go? How's it all gonna happen? So I call my wife, and she, hey, call Tim. I call Tim. He, he's like, oh man, he comes up. I mean, he's there within minutes. And we figure out a mechanic that I can get my car to. Come to find out, it was a, a an oil coolant line, right? An oil coolant line that it, it came out metal, down rubber, back metal. You know, out of the factory. Because they like to make parts that are going to wear out. That way, that way you got to go buy more parts off of them. Come on, somebody. I don't know if you know that or not, but they're good about doing that. You think that they're just nice. Mm-hmm. And so the, the mechanic gets it. He gets the replacement part and all. That replacement part is no longer out metal, down rubber, back metal. It's all metal. And that? Hmm? Hmm. But... I'm like, okay, I can't get home. I need to get home. I need to get home. I still gotta get home. I'm not home yet. I'm in Hagerstown. My car isn't fixed. It's not gonna be fixed till the next day. I gotta get home. So I start thinking around. Oh, there's a guy coming behind me. So I call him. He doesn't live out this way, but I call him. I don't know. I just call him like, hey, do you know somebody in the area that may have a car? There's no car rentals available. I don't know if you know that or not, but there are no cars available for rent anymore. It's crazy all that's happening in the car market. I mean, you can call Enterprise, Hertz, Avis, Budget, I don't know, phalange car service. I just made that up. I don't know what even know what that means. But I mean, you, you call anybody you want to, right? There's nobody there. And, and they, nobody had a car. I tried everything. There wasn't a car within four hours of me for, for me to rent. I was only an hour and a half, two hours from home. Come on. So I'm like, man, what am I going to do? I called my friend Colin. Hey, Colin, I, I'm telling you what's going I told him everything. He's like, hey, listen, chill out. I'll drive you home. What you don't realize is that God wants you to prosper in all ways (laughs) and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. It's well with my soul, regardless of whether or not I got home, whether my car was fixed. If whatever happened, Jesus comes back in a moment, I'm still going to heaven. You know what I'm saying? And when God straightened out with that, God straightens out everything else. God had it all figured out. I wasn't alone. There were actually people around me. God placed people around me at just the right time, at just the right moment, and just the right season to come get me and take me where I was supposed to be when God had appointed me to be there. I didn't miss anything for my daughter. I able to be there for the whole thing. Everything was awesome. You say, Tim, what are you talking about? Let, let me maybe explain it to you this way. This is what success is with God. A lot of people would say that success, that I did not have a successful ride home because my car broke down. Can I tell you what I figured out when I got home? That God was working for me long before I was working for me. That he was sending. people my direction before i even needed them come on somebody that god had me figure god had me see a flashing light before my car ever broke down and a lot of us listen a lot of us there are flashing lights that are coming on our dash and if we don't pay attention to them we're just going to keep pushing through acting like everything's fine oh we're running fine everything's good now until you get a few more miles down the road and then your car's blown up and it's never to be able to fix again Today, I believe God is flashing the lights, telling us, hey, listen, you've got to understand you got low oil pressure. You've got to come back. I listen, I anointed my car with five quarts of oil. Come on, somebody. I mean, I did everything. I, I did everything I was supposed to do, but it wasn't good enough. Oftentimes we have to get past ourselves. We got to get past our beliefs. We have to get past everything and understand that God is working it out. Even when, even when I can't see it, He's working. Even whenever I can't feel it, He's working. He never stops working. I believe. He's the wonder working God. And so God had this all straightened out. This is what success is. Listen, success is simply this. It's the the way we do it and the why we do it. I could have flipped out. I could have freaked out over everything. Listen, God wants us to be to prosper in always, to success in always, to have success in all moments, in all areas, in all seasons of my life. Maybe some folks would say I, the world would say I didn't have a successful ride home because you know I, that my car broke down and I was you know doing all the crazy things that I had to have people bail out. But you know what God says, Tim? You had a successful ride home because now you know you're not alone in this journey. Even though you might be long from home, even though you feel like you don't have what it takes. You you can't figure out what's going on. I've got it straightened out. I'm sending people to be there with you every step of the way. You are not alone, and in fact, whenever it gets fixed, it's not gonna go back from metal to rubber to metal, but now it's not gonna go back to normal. It's gonna be better than it was to start with, and God's gonna get you where you need to go exactly when you gotta get there. Come on, somebody. That's success with God. It's the way you do it and the why you do it. It's the motives and who we are. It's not just about what happens. God hasn't called me to produce. God hasn't called me to make something happen. God has called me to surrender to him, that I surrender my heart to him, that I give him my motives. Oftentimes this is rooted in our heart. And, and here's the crazy thing about our heart. Listen to me, the Bible has a lot to say about our motives. Our motive is the underlying reason for any actions. Proverbs 16:2 says this: all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Because the human heart is very deceitful. Jeremiah seventeen nine says the human heart's very deceitful. We can easily fool ourselves about our own motives. We can pretend where they're choosing certain actions for God or, and, or for the benefits of others, when in reality we have selfish reasons that God is not fooled by our selfishness. But Hebrews four twelve says he is a discerner of our thoughts and the intents of our heart. Tim, what are you talking about? How about whenever you go on social media and you start complaining about whatever's going on in your life? Why are you really doing that? Are you doing that to get help? Or are you doing that to get pity and get people rallied around your opinion before whoever your opponent is gets it on there first? I got real in a hurry, didn't it? You act like this isn't real life. Huh? We go. We want to go tell our boss about the fight we just got into because we want our boss to hear it from us first before they hear it from somebody else or they hear it from the opponent. Or we, we try and get people on our side and it, it comes to be more about us than it is about God. In every area of our life, have we surrendered it to God? In every moment, in every season, in all ways, in all moments, in all areas of our life, are we out for ourselves, or but have we surrendered our lives to the Lord? Here's how you can know if your heart, here's, here's a flashing light for you. This, this is what the Bible says in Galatians 5.22. This is how we should live our life. It shouldn't just be about the moving and, and the giftings of the Holy Spirit, but it's about the fruit. It's about the motive. It's about the heart of God. that the, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness and self-control. is our life focused around those characteristics, who we are—that's our soul. That's our spirit. The seed of our life ought to be rooted in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That we're not out for this for for selfish gain. We're not out to make Faith Assembly famous. We're not out to make Tim Bennett famous or Jason Lamer or the Assemblies of God. We're not out for pure, for power and for glory to build some big place and say every make everybody look and go, oh, look what they did. No, no, no. We're out because of the goodness and the faithfulness of God that we are here to plunder hell and populate heaven and watch Jesus do what only he can do in our community and in our area. That's what success really is. But it goes beyond just what success is in, a, in, in every area of our life. But the Bible says that he wants us to prosper and be in good health. It's this, it's this, it's this other, this Greek word, this huigano. This, uh, uh, which means to be sound to be well to be in good health it's of christians whose opinions are free from any mixture of error it's to be sound to be pure it's it, it it's about where you're found and how you feel it's about where you're found and how you feel to be sound see a lot of us we are not living a sound life you want to know how i know that because we change every time the wind changes Every time uncertainty comes, our beliefs change. Anytime the preacher says something that we don't like, we change the church. There's a lot of church hopping happened over the last year and a half. Get grounded, get rooted. If, listen, (laughs) I said this earlier in the week because I was studying through this. If you go to church, if you don't go to church because of a certain person in the church, it's like not going to the hospital when you're sick because of the other sick people in the hospital. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. If God's called us someplace, man and women can't change that. Be grounded, be rooted, be sound in who God is. Know where you're found, and it's not just the place, but it's it's about the it's about sound doctrine. Listen, the, the Bible's really clear about this. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 13 says, "Hold fast to the pattern of sound doctrine." So We've allowed doctrine to become this dirty word because we just want to go by our feelings about when when it makes sense for us, when it works out best for us. We just go to church when it works best for us. We just serve when it works best for us. We just give when it works best for us. We just do whenever it works, and it has nothing to do with God and has everything to do with convenience for ourselves. It has nothing to do with commitment and sacrifice, but it has everything to do with convenience and self-satisfaction. And then we wonder why we never, this is what Paul said in Timothy to have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Because the world changes us too easily. We're not here to allow the world to change us, but I believe I'm in a room full of world changers this morning. I believe I'm in a room full of family changers, generational changers. I believe I'm in a room full of county changers, community changers, workplace changers. I believe I'm in the the room where we are now no longer chasers of God's presence, but remember, we are carriers of God's presence, and we can step into the Jordan, even at flood stage, and the presence of God goes before us and causes that water to back up a long distance away because the world can't touch what God has placed on us. What Jesus has given us, the world cannot take it away. We are, listen, we can have success and we can be sound in everything that God has called us to be, that, that he wants us to be well and be in good health. See, it would have been easy for me to get underneath a car and just believe, you know, that maybe the, the, the drain plug was loose or maybe the filter housing was loose. That's an easy fix, right? It's easy oftentimes to believe for things that we can touch because oftentimes what I can touch, I can manipulate. but then when it's something I can't see something I have no control of it's hard for me to believe now when it's a mental issue when it's a spiritual issue when it's something that we just can't wrap our head around or wrap our arms around it's hard for us to believe that Pastor Terrence last week talked about the woman with the issue of blood right One with the issue of blood that 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 she had suffered for twelve years with this issue of bleeding for twelve years right twelve years she had suffered went to every doctor she could find but instead of getting better she got worse I mean she even got broke the Bible says she spent all the money she had instead of getting better she got worse she'd been everywhere done everything she possibly could but she got worse. And the Bible said that that she pushed through the crowd, which this is a powerful moment for us, and I want you to hear me in this today. This woman, as she was struggling with this gynecological problem, as she was bleeding for 12 years, according to Levitical law, according to religious law, that she was considered a social outcast, that she was no longer to be able to live within city limits, but she now had to live outside of town, she wasn't allowed to be around people. In fact, that even if she was walking down a road and someone was walking towards her, she had to start shouting, unclear. Unclean. She was an economic outcast because she was no longer able to go to her workplace and earn a living anymore. She was a religious outcast because she was no longer allowed to go into the temple and worship the way she was supposed to worship. She was an economic, a social, and a a religious outcast. But I'm thankful today. The Bible says that when, when she reached up and touched the hem of the garment of Jesus, that in an instant she knew in her body that she had been made whole. But aren't you thankful that God wasn't done just healing her physically, but now he wanted her to have a moment in a crowd where she was supposed to not be, a place that the world told her she did not belong. God stopped everything so she can have a moment with the Savior in front of everybody. Not only did he want to heal her physically, but he wanted to restore her economically and socially and her family and her workplace and in church. Listen to me, I'm thankful today that I serve a God of the total package, that he doesn't just want to minister to you you in a physical way but he's here to, to, to speak to you the things that people said about you in the past what was done to you in the past no longer dictates who God is with you right now or where you're going but I'm serving a God who is stopping the whole service to let you know there is a moment where he says who touched me who touched me who has the faith to have be sick and tired of being sick and tired to reach up and touch the hem of the garment of our Savior and say enough is enough your family's been dealing with it for too long enough's enough you've been to too many doctors enough's enough you've tried every church you've tried every preacher you've tried everywhere enough is enough enough reach up and touch the hem of the garment of the one who died on the cross and got up out of the grave because he's here with you right now. He is your ever-present help in time of need. We don't serve a far and distant God, but I serve a God who is walking with me, he is talking with me, and he is telling me I am his own. This is your moment right now. was in Groton, New York a little over eight Wait. years ago now almost nine years ago I was speaking and gave an altar call much like what we're going to give here in just a moment people were coming we were praying for miracles and signs and wonders I mean awesome things were happening it was an awesome, awesome I mean a dude that had had a stroke had been able to walk and talk for months on end stood up out of his chair, his wheelchair came up walked up the steps of the stage took the microphone out of my hand and started talking for the first time in months I mean it was awesome what God was doing and uh, just in that moment with think I felt just God was slowing everything down and say okay God what are you doing God show me you ever have this conversation with God? I'm not saying it out loud, but I'm saying it in my mind and my heart with God. Can I have a conversation? And then God, just show me what you want to do. And I, I saw this lady that was standing kind of in the back center of the church. And as, as people would come forward, she stayed in the back. And I just kind of, God just kind of illuminated her to me. Just say, okay, okay, God, you want to work in her life. No, what do you want to do? God began to speak to me about what, she, what he wanted to do in her life, that she had been struggling with depression for years, that God was going to break the back of depression off of her life that night. And not only that, but he was going to give her the desire of her heart that her and her husband had been trying to have a child for years and God was not only going to heal her mentally and spiritually, but he was now going to heal her physically that she'd be able to have a child. That's a big matzo ball to put out there, by the way. Right? And I just say it because I I'm, i don't know if I'm dumb enough to believe or I just I'm willing, I'm willing to take a risk with God because God's able to fix it if I make a mistake. Come on, somebody. So I step out and I say that Speak to her. Her name was Jenny. Jenny comes forward, begin to pray. God restored the joy of her salvation, broke the back of depression off of her life, and I spoke to her. I said, young lady, I got news for you. I believe within 16 months, you're going to give birth to a beautiful baby. I mean, just, what an awesome thing it happened. God's way better than I am. Because it wasn't 16 months, what was it, 12 or 11 months? She gave birth to a beautiful baby girl, Adele Joy. Never been able to have kids. And God gave her the beautiful gift. We get pictures of her all the time. It's a beautiful thing. And by the way, you gotta be real careful the way you pray. You gotta be really specific because God thought I must have been praying for Katie at that moment, too, because then we had our fourth kid when the doctor said we weren't we weren't be able to have kids anymore. And I have Ariana joy, and then that she gave birth to Adele Joy as well. So say Tim, what are you saying? I'm telling you this. God just doesn't want to minister you physically, but spiritually and mentally this morning things that you've struggled with for years it's over when jesus said it is finished he meant it and i believe him i take him at his word today it's over it's over no longer do you have to deal with that pain anymore no longer do you have to allow the things of this world to dictate who you are you are not alone but god is your ever-present help in time of need he's walking with you every step of the way right here right now in this moment come on would you stand your feet with me today Hallelujah. Now, God works and He moves in a lot of different ways through a lot of different people. And I try and be sensitive to what God is doing in the moment. Sometimes, if you're not used to an atmosphere like this, you don't have to take my word for it. God's gonna, God confirms his word with signs and wonders. I, I, I didn't come to you with a, like a wise and deep theological persuasive words today. I believe I'm coming to you with a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and his power so that your faith doesn't rest upon some slick-haired, shiny-shoed evangelist, but he, you rest upon the person and the power of Jesus Christ. Because what God has already done and what he's about to do in your life, only he can do.